show. You take over the lines. I'm Gardner Goldsmith filling in for Ian and Julia is here for Mark. And thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And before we get started, wanted to thank those guys for doing such a great, great job uh, and uh, also welcoming me to the program. Julia, thank you very much for being so nice and and taking care of things for us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, coming up shortly, we are going to be speaking with Sheldon Richman of the Foundation for Economic Education and the Free Man Magazine. Call us at 800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231 if you want to get in touch with us. And uh, Julia, we've got a lot of things planned, and one of the big updates that's going to be coming up is, of course about Ed Brown and his wife and what's happening in Plainfield, New Hampshire, with the IRS. Yes? Yes, that's correct. We have a little bit of an update from yesterday. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to be getting you the opportunity to discuss that. If you want to get involved with the program, uh, just give us a call, and we're going to be talking about the latest on that. And, uh, in fact, why don't we start off with that, Julia, and uh, let people know the information that you've been able to get about what's been happening here in Plainfield, New Hampshire, as Ed Brown and his wife have been running into a lot of problems with the IRS. All right. Well, just to do a quick recap for anybody who has not heard what's going on, Ed Brown is the tax protester, the gentleman who the feds have, I guess, bullied into. He's in a bit of a sticky situation for not paying taxes. Um, He is now held up in his Plainfield home in New Hampshire for not paying taxes for several years. He had previously said that he was not going to leave his home, and he has avoided prison because of that. He didn't show up for two of his trials. Yesterday, I believe Ian and Mark talked about it a little on the show. Um, There was an incident. The feds, even though he had skipped his trial several months ago, the feds had not, they'd said that they were not going to have any sort of an armed standoff because Ed has announced that he will not come out of his home and he will not spend the rest of his life in prison. I mean, the guy is what in his 60s, late 60s. Mm-hmm. Can yep. you blame him? Yeah, absolutely. So he's claimed that the only way he's coming out is if the feds come in and get him, which we all know will not end pretty. Definitely won't end pretty. So yesterday we got an update that the feds had actually U.S. federal marshals with the help of some New Hampshire state troopers and local police had roadblocks, had roadblocks set up all over his streets, were kicking uh, homeowners out of their homes, and nothing became of it, or so we thought. It turns out that in the morning there was a gentleman who was staying with them, I believe, and he went out to walk his dog and never came back, but the dog did, which raised some concern for Ed and Elaine when the dog came running back. So today I was sent a link to an article that claims that the uh, gentleman who was walking the dog came out to discover federal marshals hiding in the bushes, jumped out at him, tased him after the dog ran off. He was unarmed and... They dragged him down to the Lebanon police station where they proceeded to question him about Ed Brown's house and they wanted plans of the house, allegedly, and they wanted to know what sort of weapons Ed and Elaine had and just sort of all sorts of inside information on what was going on in the house. Uh, He refused to 
give up any sort of information, and they let him go. They asked him to return to New Jersey and threatened him, telling him that if he didn't, if he went back to Ed and Elaine's house, or if he said anything to the press, that he was facing prison time, 15, 40 years, that sort of nonsense. Yeah. Now, this shows you just what government is. At the end of government is force, clearly force. And uh, anybody who uh, seems to think differently is, is clearly and obviously uh, misleading himself. Uh, what you've got is it's organized force, and it, at the end of it, it is deadly force. Now, the Browns have claimed that there is nothing legal that forces them to pay federal taxes. They pay their local property taxes, they pay sales taxes and things like that, but they don't pay their federal taxes. Right. Ed Brown is one of those show-me-the-law guys. Exactly, exactly. Now, a little bit later, uh, when when we speak with Sheldon Richmond, he'll mention that, uh, in his opinion, uh, the law is valid, but um, he has a lot of other things about the ethics of taking someone's money. That we'll discuss whether the law is right. That's another matter. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us. I'm Gardner, and Julia is here. Julia, thanks so much for uh, taking care of things. She's behind the boards, and uh, Mark and Ian are off today taking care of a little business at Free Talk Live. And uh, don't forget, if you get the opportunity, we want to uh, thank everybody who's involved with the program. Go to the Free Talk Live website, and also go to the wiki where there are thousands and thousands of entries. You can get involved, go to the boards, and uh, do frequent a number of the folks who back up Free Talk Live. Now, Julia, uh, one of the things that, that gets me about the Browns, and I'll, I'll refer to the piece here uh, in the paper that came out today, uh, one of the things that gets me about the Browns is Ed Brown is not the easiest guy to get along with. You know, I met him, Yeah. and he actually kind of bothered me. I didn't like him at all. However, He's very sort of defensive. Right. He's defensive. He's a little kooky. He's hard to understand. It's very difficult to hold any sort of conversation with him. Right. But I really do stand behind him and his cause, and I can't blame him for doing what he's doing. Yeah, and uh, one, one of the things that I, I think this does is it paints freedom lovers as being very militant. Right. When, in fact, he's... He's not militant offensively. He's militant defensively. Right. He's not going out and, and sh- pointing guns at local police officers or anything of that sort. In an aggressive nature. He is saying, if you come to take what is rightfully mine, I'm going to defend it. Right. And uh, unfortunately, the way that he says it, it, it makes people think, well, I don't really like this. For example, here's the story from uh, the big New Hampshire paper, the New Hampshire Union leader out of Plainfield. Uh, the headline is, Ed Brown, colon, is it war they want? Now, Kristen says, a union leader correspondent for the uh, New Hampshire Union leader says, quote, What are they trying to do? Start a war? Ed Brown said of the police presence near his Plainfield home yesterday, What do they think we have in here? Tanks? End quote. Brown, who maintains there is no law that requires average American citizens to pay a direct tax on their wages, spoke to a group of reporters from a second floor window in his house after a veritable army of heavily armed police officers and federal agents left the area around his rural home without ever making contact with him. Now, remember, yesterday they seized... The dental office. Here's the other story by Christensen's out of Plainfield. Dozens of heavily armed state and local police officers joined federal agents and the U.S. Department of the Treasury yesterday in an effort to seize convicted tax resistor Dr. Elaine Brown's former dental office on Glen Road in West Lebanon. 
nearby in Plainfield, where Ed and Elaine Brown have been holed up in their concrete castle since their January court trial. State police carrying assault rifles blocked off Stage Road about three miles from the Brown residence. Only local residents with identification were allowed to pass beyond the barrier of police cruisers for three hours. Meanwhile, a dozen or so reporters waited at the scene for answers. At 1.15 p.m., U.S. Marshal Steve Monnier arrived and said his office had been conducting surveillance of the Brown home and of their supporters who gather there regularly while agents worked to secure the West Lebanon property. So, Julia, that ties into exactly what you're saying about this man from New Jersey who claims that he was out walking a dog and was tased by authorities out in the woods. They took him in, questioned him, and they said, if you speak out, you're going to have the force of law sh- just showering down on you. Right. Okay. Now, uh, 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us at Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner and... Julia. ...is here, and uh, we're filling in for Ian and Mark today. Give us a call. We want you to get in touch, and I really want to talk about this uh, after our break, we're going to be talking with Sheldon Richmond. We're going to talk to Sheldon a little bit about the presidential candidates and uh, some of the things that they had to say, these supposed conservative Republicans and what they have to say. And we're also going to talk to Sheldon about the IRS and whether or not a man like Ed Brown is standing on concrete legal footing. We're not going to talk about the moral footing until we talk about the legal footing, right? Right on, Julia. All right. It's Free Talk Live. It's your show. We'll return after we hear from folks backing up the program. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. It is your show. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm Gardner with... Julia. Filling in for Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. Thanks very much. Go to freetalklive.com if you want to get involved, to get on the BBS and become one of the supporters of the program. I am so appreciative of the fact that these gentlemen have allowed me to fill in for them and that I get to work with such a fine and uh, polished individual as Julia. Julia, thanks so much. You've got a little message you want to give to folks before we get back to the issue of Ed Brown and the Republicans who invaded our state, and I'm glad they're going to be leaving soon. That's right. You should know that the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th to the 24th. At Porkfest, you will be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who have made the move and attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Yes, indeed. I hope people will definitely do it. It's going to be a really good time. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm going to be speaking. Really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they got in touch with me. I'm going to be speaking on Sunday, uh, the the last day around 11 or so, talking about uh, uh, the media and free speech and things like that. That's so, cool. We're going up on Saturday, and we'll be there Sunday. So I'll I'll get awesome. to see it. Uh, people get in touch. Uh, the Free State Project, wonderful people there. Okay. 
the issue that opened up the program, the uh, phone number again, folks, for Free Talk Live, the SACL CAI uh, toll-free line is 800-259-9231. The issue that we opened the, the program with, the preposition dangling, was the Browns in Plainfield, New Hampshire, uh, exposing the end result of government organized force, deadly organized force, regarding taxes. want to get into that topic as we close off this next segment because I want to tie this all in with our next guest who uh, has a lot of knowledge about all things economic, political, historical, and it's all wrapped up in a great package. His name is Sheldon Richmond. Sheldon Richmond is the editor of The Freeman, which is published, of course, by the Foundation for Economic Education. He's the author of so many articles you can't even count them, including a wonderful book that if you get the opportunity to check it out, please do so, Separating School and State. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, he is also affiliated with the Foundation for Future Freedom Foundation, and he's with us right now on Free Talk Live. Hi, Sheldon. How are you? I'm fine, Gardner. How are you? Ah, it's great to talk to you again on the radio. I'm doing great, Sheldon, and I really appreciate you joining us like this. Obviously, there have been some things that have been coming down in New Hampshire with this Ed Brown story. Uh, Julie and I were talking about it earlier, and we'll get into the Ed Brown thing and the tax issue in a moment. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, that uh, we do need to note uh, as we as we open up the topic with you is that the debate on the income tax is something that will, either way, is going to be answered by the force of government and the force of, of, uh, of the gun. Uh, we'll get into that topic later, but talking about the government, obviously earlier in the week we had the Republican Party uh, candidates here in their so-called debate, which was carried by CNN and one of our, our uh, network affiliates, WMUR Channel 9. And I wanted to get your opinion on a couple things, Sheldon, because there are a lot of... Um, strange things that supposed conservatives say nowadays, and I think we've been watching some permutations of the conservatives in the Republican Party. Uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, first of all, your thoughts about the likelihood that government will not continue to grow under any of those candidates except perhaps Ron Paul. The likelihood that it won't grow? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is no likelihood that it won't grow. There's, neg- there's negative likelihood that it won't grow. Well, and let's look. It at- will grow. <laughs> Absolutely. Now let's look at some of their pol- policy prescriptions, Sheldon Richmond, and uh, and see uh, get your opinions on this. First off, let's talk about health care. Uh, a lot of them were very critical up there on that uh, not dais uh, on the other day, talking about how the Democrats are all proposing socialized medicine, one payer system, which I agree is very very bad. It's unconstitutional. It's economically terrible, but also. Uh, we had this line, and Julia can bring this up for us, I think. Julia, uh, see if you can grab the, the line from uh, Mitt Romney. And uh, Mitt Romney had this to say about health care in Massachusetts. As he was being critical of the Democrats and their socialized health care, he actually was praising his program, Sheldon, and we'll, we'll talk about it if we can hear this, uh, this soundbite. Uh, Governor Romney... You worked with the Democrats in the state legislature in your home state, uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. You worked with Ted Kennedy to come up with a program uh, that uh, provides uh, some uh, in the, the mandates, in effect, the individual health insurance coverage. Some conservatives say this is simply big government, more liberal involvement in uh, people's lives. What do you say to those conservatives who are critical of the way you handled this issue in Massachusetts? Well, I want to talk to the people, not just to those conservatives who are critical. And the people of this country recognize that they got some real concerns in health care. And I learned after I was governor a short period of time, I'd talk to people and they say, if I lose my job, I'm worried I lose my insurance. 
and my insurance premiums are getting higher and higher and higher. And I talked to small business people, and they said, I can't afford the policies anymore. And we, we said, you know what, we've got to find a way to get everybody insured. And the last thing we want is to have the government take over health care. Okay, you can pause it right there, Julia. Sheldon, it seems to me that there seems to be a slight bipolar condition there for, for Mitt Romney because he says the last thing we want is the government to take over health care, and yet they're doing it indirectly by forcing businesses in Massachusetts to have to get health insurance for their employees. I wouldn't call that freedom, would you? Well, I wonder whether his own personal uh, health insurance policy covers the bipolar condition. <laughs> <laughs> or whether he's going to mandate that. Uh, but uh, on a more serious note, but that's true. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a typical game that Republicans like to play. I mean, if you look at the, what gov- uh, Republican governors have done around the country for, for years now, uh, they have begun the process, uh, the march toward uh, some kind of centralized or socialized uh, um, uh, medicine. Uh, they start by covering children. Uh, who are uh, whose whose families are way way above the poverty line, so they expand it beyond simply a poverty program. And uh, there's no way government can control and mandate health insurance without eventually, and probably sooner rather than later, uh, getting full scale into me- the practice of medicine itself, because they're going to need to uh, they're going to find it necessary to control. Uh, uh, what the services they're going to ra- have to ration to keep the price down, all these things because ha- uh, they're already co- they're already complaints in Massachusetts that the policies are going to be much too expensive that a lot of people won't be able to afford them. Yes, absolutely. Julia has something she wanted to bring up. Julia. Well, I was going to say it's not like they're not involved in healthcare right now. Yes. Isn't the number something like fifty percent of the money that is that comes in from healthcare goes is involved with the government or I know that they're heavily involved in our healthcare system. And and of course when you get the government getting involved you get someone who's paying for it that is not the uh, the customer as Sheldon says it it causes the price spiral to go way up and then the government has to impose some sort of price controls if the government is the payer and if they are the ones who are forcing the businesses to pay the businesses have to either shift those costs to their consumers or they have to ask for handouts from the government and again you get more price controls right sheldon right and the other thing they do and this is happening all over the country and massachusetts i'm sure is uh, doing this is that they uh, they tell the insurance companies what must be in the policy mm, yeah so you absolutely. you can Everybody has to buy basically a Lexus policy rather than uh, have some choice and maybe buy something that's less extravagant. Or let's say you, uh, you're a teetotaler, your, your policy will still have uh, coverage, let's say, for uh, alcoholism treatment, yeah. even though it's something you may never use and wouldn't buy voluntarily. So instead so, of having... So they, they've, if they force the price up of insurance, they force the price up, they force the demand of the price up for services. Yeah. Insurance then follows, and people are priced out of the market. Hey, Sheldon, hold that thought. We have Sheldon Richmond with us from the Freeman Magazine Foundation for Economic Education. It is Free Talk Live. Call us, 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. And Julia. And we'll return after we hear from the folks backing us up with more from Sheldon Richmond. It is Free Talk Live, your radio, your way. 800-259-9231. I am Gardner with... Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. Thanks so much. Go to freetalklive.com to check out everything that's available on that amazing website, the phenomenon that they have created nationally. It's really great to see the success that Ian and Mark have achieved, and they're off at a radio conference right now talking to a lot of folks, a lot of bigwigs, and they've asked us to fill in for the show. So I really appreciate it. Hey, I want to uh, put a little uh, bee in your ear right now. Uh, Do you know that if your hard-earned wealth 
your hard-earned wealth might be at risk. If you have a business, there is a one in three chance you will be named in a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they are experts in sheltering what you have earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. Check them out. It is KeepYourAssets.net. Okay, Julia, let's uh, go back to our esteemed guest, and I welcome him back. He is the very well-known libertarian, free market, classical liberal writer, Sheldon Richmond. You can find his work at the Future of Freedom Foundation. You can find his work at FEE.org. He's the author of Separating School and State. He's the author of Your Money or Your Life, Why We Must Abolish the Income Tax, and Tethered Citizens, Time to Repeal the Welfare State. Sheldon, thanks a lot for taking this time on a Friday night to talk to us about some of these big issues. My pleasure to be with both of you. Thank you. It's it's great. And folks, if you ever get a chance to see Sheldon speak, please do so. Uh, I got to meet Sheldon at FEE, and uh, boy, just one Wonderful stuff. Uh, Sheldon, we were talking a little bit about the idea of getting the government involved in health care, and we were talking to, about Mitt Romney, who had the audacity to criticize the Democrats for their socialistic health care plans, and yet he didn't realize that he has a fascistic health care plan in Massachusetts. And we were talking about how any way the government gets involved, whether it's being the payer or forcing other people to pay, it manipulates the marketplace and causes all sorts of problems. And if these guys are that interested, why doesn't he just open up his own insurance company? I don't understand. Why is it that they have to force companies to do this sort of thing? Well, the, the re, it all gets back to what I was saying before. The, they, the government, the federal government and the state governments, have made have made uh, medical care artificially expensive by with these mandates by uh, the government paying such a large percentage of the of the bill as uh, Julia pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, all of which uh, uh, creates an artificial demand for services. So the whole thing is more expensive than it would be, and that means some people are going to be priced out of the market, both for insurance and for health care. So then the government, after doing this, then steps in and says, "Oh, we got to do something. Look at these people who can't buy insurance." So what they do then is they mandate insurance, and then if you if you don't buy it, what do you have to pay some fee or tax mm. to the state uh, as, a, as a way of getting coverage? So they create the problem, then they claim they're going to step in and solve the problem they've created, but that's only going to create new problems because once you go down that road, you're, you're, you, you won't be able to stop regulating because everything you do will create a problem, and you're going to then step in and say, well, we've got to solve that one. Yeah. Uh, it's an old story. It's happened in you know many other areas, and here it is going to happen, and it's going to take us on the road to to complete the domination. And uh, right, it doesn't matter whether it's socialist, in other words, the government directly operates it, or fascist, where the government simply forces private companies to do it at once. That really doesn't matter. That's cosmetics. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I was just going to say that it's a real shame because, like he said, the government has created the problem, but the average person doesn't really see that, so they think it's market failure, and the government totally plays off that. That's a great point. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Sheldon, I wanted to get into the uh, the oil issue with you, but since our time is limited, and I know you're going to have to go before our next break, I would really like to get your thoughts on this Ed and Elaine Brown situation in New Hampshire. You know, a lot of the people who are classical liberals, uh, free marketeers here, uh, even some people who are traditional conservatives who just don't like the, uh, the don't like the income tax. Uh, they're they're 100% behind Ed, and it's difficult to get to 100% behind Ed because he's a very curmudgeonly sort of guy. And I mean, you know, I had him on my show, and I was a friendly guy, and he kept he was very almost paranoid. Uh, the 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 feds and local cops have surrounded his place. They've t- taken his property, his wife's property, at her dental office. They've they've taken that out. 
And um, the argument that Ed Brown makes is that there is no law to force people to pay federal income tax. He says it all has to do with the corporate America and things like that. Now, as a person who morally is against the income tax, I would love to be able to say that legally, as far as the law is concerned, I would love to be able to say that it is also unsupportable legally. Um, I can have a problem morally with the law. Where do you stand on this, Sheldon, uh, in your research? Well, I think there is a distinction here between the morality of it and the legality and constitutionality yeah. of, the, of the issue. Mm. Uh, I think uh, taxation is wrong because taxation is the government coercing you to hand over money uh, when you have not uh, committed any crime or violated, violated anybody's rights. So it's an initiation of force by the state to get your money. So it's, it's morally wrong. But if we're looking just in terms of the government's own processes and procedures, the, the, uh, the Constitution permits an income tax. It permits all kinds of taxes. The courts have said this over and over again. And an income tax has been enacted. Now, the, in other words, the government will be enforcing an immoral law, right. uh, which means I don't approve of what the government's going to do. But I, I disagree with the people who say there's no law on the books or if there's a law on the books, it's unconstitutional. Both of those arguments are totally without content. I've researched them very thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And while I'm sympathetic, I wish they were right. They're not right. The Constitution gives a blanket power to tax to the, to the federal government. It makes only like, one distinction about apportionment in the case of a direct tax, but the income tax has always been held to be an indirect tax, mm -hmm. not requiring apportionment. No, no court has ever disagreed with that. And so they're standing on very weak ground when they try to argue legality or constitutionality. So. They are on strong, perfectly strong ground when they argue morality, but the courts are not going to enforce morality. They're going to enforce the government's laws, and that's why I have a very bad feeling about what, what could happen up there in New Hampshire. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too, Julia. Because neither side is going to give in. Uh, I, don't no. see how the, I don't see how the feds can say, well, okay, if he doesn't want to pay, that's fine, because that will spread like wildfire. And on the other hand, it sounds like the Browns are not going to give in. So, uh, you know, yeah. what else is there to say? Absolutely. Right. It's a really, really bad situation because the government has a choice here. They can either make themselves look thuggish or they can back out, which isn't really good for their image either right. or the right. image they're trying to uphold. And in all the other cases, right. I don't think I haven't found any cases where a person who has fought against the government in a real standoff situation like that has ever come out in a better situation than if uh, he went through the court system and, and acquiesced. And it's difficult because a guy like Ed Brown is a man of principle. He thinks he's standing on principle. And yep. uh, But as you said, Sheldon, you've looked up the codes and you've looked up the constitutional issues on this, and it seems clear that both under U.S. code and in the Constitution, the income tax is legal, even if we believe it is not moral. Yes, according to legal meaning in a positive law sense. Yes. That they followed the procedures yeah. Uh, and and constitutionally, you know, appointed judges have approved all of it. There's no there's no getting around that. I mean, I know, I know the tax protest people uh, will talk about the Bruce Schaber case of 1916. Mm -hmm. That gives them no support whatsoever. I've studied that case. Mm -hmm. There are outright misstatements by some of the tax protesters about what that case says. The case over and over in that says, and I've written about this, says the government has the federal government, the Congress to be specific, has a and, quote, all-embracing power to tax, including uh, wages and salaries, all the normal things that we think of as income. So all these arcane arguments about that's not what they meant, they meant corporate profits, or, or you have to be working in Guam you know, or one of the territories. Mm -hmm. There's all these wacky theories, and they are wacky. 
I think uh, I think the people I think this movement is made unfortunately made up of two types of people con men and true believers and I and I know people who have gotten themselves into very bad trouble and re- and have regretted it. Look, we live under an oppressive system, so you have a choice to make. You can throw your uh, you can throw yourself at it, uh, but you're not going to come out unbloodied, or you can uh, lay you know go along with it and otherwise fight it in other ways. Ayn Rand once said, "There's no obligation to throw yourself under a juggernaut." Yeah, that's well said, Sheldon. Well, we're going to find out what happens on this, and it, it seems like the feds had been waiting until warmer weather came and maybe school was getting finished up. And, uh, Sheldon, it looks like our segment is finished up as well here at Free Talk Live. Thank you so much, Sheldon Richmond, for joining us. I hope people will go to F-E-E-F-F-F and uh, check out. You You have your own website, Sheldon? Yes, I do, SheldonRichmond.com. All right, Sheldon Richmond, our guest. Thank you so much, Sheldon, for joining us. Great My to talk pleasure. To Anytime. Hope to talk to you soon, Sheldon. Great man. We will return. It is Free Talk Live. You call us. You take over. And we will come back after we hear from folks backing us up. 800-259-9. It is your show, your program, 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner with... Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again to Sheldon Richmond for taking care of business from the Foundation for Economic Education's magazine, The Free Man, SheldonRichmond.com. I'll recommend his website once more. And you can also go to FFF. Thank you very much. And uh, let's now go to the phones. Uh, we have Paula on the line who wants to talk about the Ed Brown issue and uh, perhaps a few other things. Paula, thanks for joining us. Where are you calling from, Paula? I'm calling from Florida. I have done and I've called. Everybody can call. I even called the U.S. Attorney General. I told him this was going to stop. It was going to stop now. My family wrote the Constitution. There is no income tax law. Never has been. Okay. It's voluntary. But anyway, the thing is, this is the most craziest thing I've ever heard of. You, I've been in touch with New Hampshire representative up there, and they thank me for <laughs> trying to do what I could do. But anyway, I've called a lot of reps up there and uh, tried to get some help. And uh, anyway, this is the most craziest, insane thing I've ever heard of in my life. Let me ask you two things, Paula. Uh, first off, um, obviously within the freedom movement, there are some people who say, look, it, it's uh, legally not worth it because you're going to go up against certain U.S. codes, as Sheldon said, or constitutional things that he's researched. You have researched where you say, I disagree. There's nothing in the U.S. code that would force Ed and Elaine Brown to have to pay federal income taxes. Uh, and how would you paraphrase this for someone if they were wondering about this? They hear, they hear Sheldon's ideas and thoughts, and they want to look something up. What would you recommend that they do, Paula, to try first, to back go, up the argument? First, go to the Constitution. <laughs> first of all. But, I mean, this everybody knows it's voluntary. It was only done during World War II to pay for the war. After that, it was voluntary. Matter of fact, Newswatch Magazine, they got it out to everybody. Okay. Everybody knows about this. Okay, and uh, so people can go to Newswatch and yeah. any other any other things that you think they should look up, the actual process of the 16th Amendment, that sort of thing? Do what they think they have to do. I mean, you've got to do everything that you can do. Okay, now what, do you, thing think, is, what do you think is going to happen to Ed and Elaine? Well, honey, we're praying for all of them, and um, hopefully they're going to smarten up. I called the U.S. Attorney General's office here in Florida, told them, you know, said you better get on this right now. Do you and think, I told them what was going on. Do you think Ed and Elaine, if they are in this situation, should back down or should not back down? Should not back down. Okay. Now, Julia... Stand up for what you know is the truth. Okay. Um, you stand it, with God, too, and he'll protect it, them. It seems to me that Ed is ready to put up his stand. He's mm-hmm. not going to back down. Sounds like it. Right, right. Uh, now, do you personally know anybody, Paula, who has fought the IRS in this way? 
Uh, not really, but I mean, I think it's time for something to happen, and I think with Ron Paul, us getting him in there, um, and my cousin with him, um, I think we're going to get it done. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the call, Paul. I appreciate it very much. You got it. The number is 800-259-9231. It's the SACO CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Neil in California. He wants to talk about the legality of taxes. Neil, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, this issue because everybody, you know, seems to be saying, "Oh, there is no law. There is no law. There is no law." Yeah. Um, it's just not the case. Um, they, they're missing the side issue. They're missing the real issue behind this, and it's uh, it's it's about types of citizenship that we have. Most people in the United States are are, are classed as uh, federal zone uh, citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're classed as uh, as U.S. citizens, quote unquote, and uh, the the problem uh, is that uh, in the in the making of uh, our, our government, the people uh, used to be uh, considered citizens of the state that they live in. That's right. Now, the problem is that most people today are now classed as uh, U.S. citizens, which gives them uh, juris- or which gives the federal government jurisdiction mm-hmm. over them. Um, the uh, the issue isn't really about taxes per se. It's about being a citizen of the particular state that you live in. And unless you go through the process of actually becoming a state citizen, you are subject to the jurisdiction of the federal government, and therefore you, um, and therefore you uh, are going to be taxed by the federal government. Um, I have here a, uh, an example of this case. Uh, the, uh, there's a gentleman who lives in California by the name of Richard James McDonald. His, uh, his website is state-citizen.org, and he has actually gotten himself out of, his, out of, his, uh, out of the U.S. citizenship, uh, uh, federal zone, uh, all that nonsense, and has reclaimed his status as a sovereign state citizen of California, and therefore he pays no income tax, and therefore the feds aren't after him, and he's actually claimed his legal rights on the issue. There are other websites you can go to, like suijuris.net. They talk about this all the time. And then there's pacinlaw.com, where they also talk about this particular issue. So I have a question for you, Neil. How Mm -hmm. does one go about renouncing their United States citizenship and becoming a citizen of the state of New Hampshire, for example. Yeah, some of the information on those sites, can you sort of paraphrase it for us? Okay, yes, I, I can paraphrase it for you. Let me tell you that they're, they're, nobody's going to help you on this, um, and uh, a lot of people go through different uh, uh, approaches. Um, uh, uh, one of the approaches is you actually expatriate yourself uh, from uh, the United States federal government, and then reclaim and repatriate yourself into the uh, into the uh, uh, as, as a state citizen, and let the federal government know that I am a state citizen, so on and so forth. But there's a, there are a lot more loopholes that you have to go through. You have to get rid of your social security number. You have to uh, you have to tell the federal government that you reject any and all benefits uh, that they offer to you, including uh, police protection, things like that. It's a very very complicated process. But if one does enough research, they can figure it out. Unfortunately, Ed Brown obviously didn't go through the right uh, 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 legal uh, uh, standpoint on this issue, and this is why the feds are after him. The feds have jurisdiction over, fe- uh, over, over Ed, and uh, he's still considered by the federal government as a U.S. citizen. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Neil. And I just want to mention, I, I, I jotted down one of the sites, uh, and I want you to be able to mention the sites again. State-citizen.org is one of them, right? Yes. Okay. And name one more. 
uh, there was uh, there's also um, uh, there's also FamGuardian dot uh, com. I think um, they have kind of a different process that I'm not necessarily fond of, but they talk about this issue as well. Okay, great. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate the call. The phone number at Free Talk Live one. It's free, by the way, of course. One eight hundred two five nine nine two three one. Julia, obviously, uh, we're not going to be able to resolve the issue for the Browns. I mean, this has been going on so long. And uh, it's it's coming down to violent confrontation. And I don't want that to sound overly dramatic or even dramatic in any sense, but it is. But it is it, dramatic. It's nature, and it's, it's sad. It's very frustrating. I can't even imagine how one would feel being in that situation, especially yesterday when the feds show up. I mean, he's been holed up in his house yeah. for months now and just waiting, wondering what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, there's... A a bunch of federal federal agents yeah. outside of his house that's scary and you know i want to reiterate the problem that that you run into with something like this is ed is a real strong spined guy you know he gets his back up and as i mentioned on on my radio program that i used to do daily i had him on and uh even with a friendly audience like like a person like me right he was what are you saying what are you what are you saying about that right. like what are you talking about he, and he was on with another guy from boston this guy howie carr and howie carr would say the most innocuous things like so what are you implying with that howie is like what well you know he does seem very paranoid and i mean can you blame him yeah, well yeah but i don't know yeah. whether you start off that way or you end up that way but it's, i don't it's, know either but i went really to his tough. house and i gotta say he kind of frightened me a little bit it's interesting yeah i know that some people um he threw fox news off his property right and i was the guy who got fox news to go to his property so that they could cover the story. Right. Well, he wasn't unfriendly with me, and he was yeah. fine with me being on his property, but he yeah. just came off as kind of a kook. He kept talking about 9-11 over and over, and that's all he would talk about. And he was just, I don't know, difficult to get along with. Yeah, you know what's interesting? because, I, And I don't want to disparage anyone. He's in a situation that is terrible, right. and morally, he is absolutely right. He's I agree. absolutely right. Legally, I don't know. You know, I think I, I would tend to take the side of people who say that he probably does have to pay. If people have another argument and they want to lay it out for us, uh, feel free to call us at 800-259-9231. Even if he doesn't have to pay, there's a group of men with guns who says he has to pay. Right. So it doesn't matter what the law says. Armed confrontation. And, right. And they've got more guns. People pay taxes because they're afraid. Yeah. And it, that's exactly right. It is, as as Washington said, you know, government is force. Right. And um, unfortunately, um, I don't think, who was it, uh, Thomas Paine said that, uh, oh, no, uh, yeah, I think it was Thomas Paine said that uh, government is a necessary vice. And unfortunately, I don't think it is a necessary vice. I have to agree with you on yes. that one. Uh, I don't think it's necessary at all. And I've, I've run into a lot of folks who just, they have problems with my idea of right. eliminating the government apparatus in every well, way. Give me smaller government first, and then we can talk about eliminating the government. Just give me something smaller than what we've got right now, please. Isn't, isn't it interesting, when you talk about the morality of taxation, you can get some people to agree, hey, maybe someone should voluntarily pay for something right. like that. And yet, oftentimes, you continue to have the government fed. Special interests are in charge of it so much. Hey, this hour is pretty much over at Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. We will talk to you again after top of the hour. I am Gardner with... Julia. And we are filling in for Ian Mark, thanks so much for tuning in. Give us a call. You will take over the uh, airwaves and the lines next hour at Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live, your show, your program. 800-259-9231 is the number to get through to us on this Friday. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, sitting in for Ian with... Julia. Sitting in for Mark, and we're very pleased to be along for the ride throughout the evening tonight. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free line, the SACL toll-free, SACL CAI toll-free line, if you want to get in touch with us. Also, head over to freetalklive.com. You can check out all the great things that they have there, and I want to uh, publicize a little bit bit more about that website later on. We're going to tell you more about it. But if you go to freetalklive.com, you can go to BBS, the wiki, and see all the things that all the participants in this program do, whether they're listening on the air or online. Julia, thanks a lot for uh, helping me out here, filling in for Ian and Mark, and thanks to Ian and Mark who are away and do such superb work here. Thanks a lot for helping me out in the studio. It's great. You're welcome. You are. She's she's the backbone. You don't know what she's doing. It's awesome. Uh, last hour, we uh, want to continue talking a little bit about this and then move on to some other topics that Julia has put together and I put together. But obviously the big news of the day, I know, I know, Yeah, far be it for us to uh, forego the latest on the Paris Hilton crisis. Oh, God. You know, uh, it's, it's really disappointing. Um, you know, I thought maybe my vigil could be over, but now she's being sent back to jail. And uh, actually, that could have ramifications for the uh, concept of the state owning the roads. We can talk about that later on. But uh, Paris Hilton, you know, you compare the Paris Hilton thing, which, which gets all this publicity, to what's going on with the Browns, Edna Lane Brown in Plainfield, New Hampshire, the uh, federal government coming in to try to seize their property, possibly threaten their lives to get what? To get the produce of their, the product of their, the, their labor, the fruits of their labor. Did we establish a government to do that? I don't think so. No. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, Julia, because I was uh, about, what was it, two months ago, I was speaking about John Locke's second treatise of government. And um, it, it, most of our American system of government, whether it's in the states or on the federal level, uh, the constitutions are based on Lockean natural rights theory, which essentially says you have a right to be left alone by me. I have a right to be left alone by you. We form government to stop us from harming each other. It's negative reciprocity. You have negative rights, not positive rights. You don't have the right to the fruits of anybody else's labor. And yet the problem is within Locke's theory, he establishes the idea that the state – should be the one to provide the police protection service, which requires what? That you give up a portion of your labor, the fruits of your labor, to pay for that police protection. Now, the problem, the ethical problem with that stands up on its own. It's obvious. How can you establish a government that is supposed to be protecting your property when, in fact, it has to take a portion of your property to create the force to protect your property? Right. And personally, I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Exactly. That's the second part of it. You hit it exactly. Everybody has different opinions on how big that police force should be and what it should do. Right. So you're, you, it, in itself, it's, it's unworkable. So what they did on the Founding Fathers' side was they said, okay, we can't get around that moral dilemma because they subscribe to Locke's theory rather than an anarchist free market theory. So we can't get around that dilemma. So what we're going to do is we're going to make little pockets of control so if it gets too onerous in one area, at least you can get away. It was sort of an approximation of competition in the free market, but not quite. Right. So, okay, you know, uh, small government people will accept that. And they'll say, all right, what we have got right now are small government police forces working with large government police forces to do what the government now does 
because too many people have accepted that the government should be the police force. Once you accept that the government provide the service of protecting you from other people, then it's very easy for people to start to assume that the government should provide the service of protecting you from, oh, I don't know, bad health, bad nutrition, uh, energy problems, uh, getting getting um, whatever it might be, clothing, Well, it's housing. the first place where people go when there's a problem. They automatically go right to the government. They're right. supposed to solve every problem we have. Exactly, Julia. And, and this indoctrination starts very early. And unfortunately, I don't like to be a big, um, big critic of Locke. But as, I, as we were talking um, before we went on the air, we're talking about this piece that I wrote for the Von Mises Institute about uh, natural rights, Locke's natural rights, and how that actually presents a problem. It presents that logical and moral dilemma, but also it opens up sort of a Pandora's box. Because once you have defined what is a, really a service, police service, as something that is a proper government function, and you say, well, you know, government is there to protect us from one another then a lot of people can say, well, why can't government be there to protect us from naturally occurring phenomenon, even if it isn't inspired by people's malevolence? Now, Locke based it on the idea that people get together for their own protection and so on, so they're not preying on each other. But it's very difficult to sort of back that up, and that's what the Browns are running into now, because the government is so big, and it takes so much of people's money. They don't want to give up their money. They think it's immoral, and I think it's immoral as well, and it's economically a bad idea. Right. Yeah. Um I'm going to interrupt you because we actually have Bill on the line from Oklahoma who wants to talk about Ed Brown. Excellent. Bill, thanks for joining us at Free Talk Live. It's yours to sound off. Go for it. Well, thank you. Uh, you guys are doing an excellent job filling in for uh, Mark and Ian. So thank you. Uh, thank you for taking your time doing that. Now, I just wanted to uh, make a point of reference. Now, am I correct in assuming that once the verdict went in in the courts of, of Connecticut that basically Mr. Brown's well, Elaine and Ed Brown's property now becomes awarded to the state. Well, it it doesn't have to do with Connecticut so much as in New Hampshire. The Connecticut, or New Hampshire, yeah, sorry, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, essentially, that's what it is. I mean, they can put a lien on your home, they can take away your property, and uh, they can go in and grab it to pay for these back taxes. It just depends on what the judge decides. But doesn't a lien on your property just mean that you can't sell it? I mean, they're in their own house, and I don't think they're going to leave anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. They can't sell it, but they could do they could do all sorts of other things right. too. It would be up to the judge, I think, Bill. And um, I when I got out of college, Bill, I was involved with a lot of foreclosure sales uh, for because of the uh, because of the FDIC a lot of people had taken bad uh, bad loans and banks had given out bad loans and they had uh, gotten a lot of defaults and houses were going down the tubes and the housing market went went way down and uh, it, the government could seize that property for taxes and then resell it to uh, if the judge decided that that was what needed to be done to get money because they owe millions in taxes and that house and that property could be worth plenty of money. No, uh, the reason why I, I ask this question is because I've, I've I've been hearing bits and pieces through mainstream media. They're trying to draw that parallel between uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco, and now uh, the Brown incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're trying to link them all together, and I think the, the crucial point here uh, uh, that needs to be brought up is that in the previous two uh, standoffs, there wasn't a judgment placed. They mm-hmm. were ex- they were actually just uh, executing an arrest warrant for various infractions. Yeah. Whereas in this particular instance, he's been tried, convicted by the jury of his peers, found guilty, and and now I guess it's more of a, a, a sympathy getting, oh, it's the big bad government, 
trying to impose their will on this man, well, this man is technically now uh, a fugitive of law. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult though, Bill. My father, uh, who passed away a few years ago, he was sort of a proto-libertarian, and, and he used to mention to me "lex mala, lex nulla," Latin for "bad law is no law." And uh, the question is, at what point do you put that to the test with force of arms? And I think clearly, uh, while there's disagreement as to the legality of the uh, federal income tax laws, the morality of it is clearly not supportable and. So I think Ed Brown is right to support his right to protect his his property, but unfortunately, legally, he can't support himself. And I think, as far as the image of it goes, and I hate to say something like that when his life could be on the line, but he could be doing a disservice to other people who want to fight the IRS. I don't know how you feel about it, Bill and, and Julia. I'm not quite sure what, what you mean by a disservice. Well, uh, unfortunately, you know, in so many instances... This sort of thing is spun by people who can't, by people who are not freedom lovers. Right. And so what it will be seen as a militant guy fighting for something where he wasn't right, and you're not going to hear too much about it. It's funny that you mention it, because in the articles about him, they describe his home as sort of a compound, compound. and it's a beautiful, nice home. It's not a compound at all. Mm -hmm. He lives on a nice piece of property. He's got a nice home. Mm -hmm. It's not a compound. It's not a hole in the ground or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Bill, final thoughts? Well, um, I just wanted to bring up uh, just a little quick something about our friend Paris Hilton. Um, (laughs) Everybody was clamoring about putting her back in jail. Um, I saw something on CNN today that I thought would be a perfect solution. In Arizona, for instance, they have tent um, combines out there that's run by the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get your 15-cent lunch three times a day. You get a tent. You know, that saves uh, institutional costs. I think it would be a perfect solution for her. Is that the sheriff who has the jail basically in tents and he makes them work for their money? Is that who you're talking about? That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, he's a character. That's a funny guy. Yeah, that sounds like a neat idea, Bill, especially... Yeah, it's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the way to reach us at Free Talk Live. I am Gardner sitting in for Ian. And Julia. Sitting in for Mark. Thanks very much for sticking around at Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com for plenty of information. Remember the toll-free line. It is 800-259-9231. And, of course, we want to thank our friends at SACL CAI. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. All you have to do is go over to freetalklive.com, see their banner, or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with business businesses that support Free Talk Live. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL, C-A-I, they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. It's 800-544-6359. Our number here, thanks to SACL, is 800-239-259-9231. Julia? Now, before we get into 
talking about Ed Brown, Ed Brown and the rest of the calls, yeah. I'd just like to apologize for the cutoff Perfect like that. Timing. That was actually uh, the board ops fault. So okay. and he and he he's, and he apologizes he as well. So Bill, uh, I apologize. We were just there was just one last thing. And, and Bill, I, I thought you made a great point about Ruby Ridge and Waco uh, as well. Uh, we were talking about the Ed Brown situation, Ed and Elaine Brown in Plainfield, and uh, we'll take your calls at eight hundred two five nine nine two three one here at Free Talk Live. Give us a ring. We'll go right to the phones and could be the fun. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, one thing I want to point out about uh, Free Talk Live, uh, first of all, I don't know, how, how did Julia get picked to, uh, to sit in for Mark rather than Ian? And how did you get picked to sit in for Ian rather than Mark? How, how, who decided that you, which one It was a strange was... voodoo-related incident, and uh, okay. just the luck of the draw. That's the way it Which, the way which we one did. you get to sit in for. Okay. Uh, now, you're preaching to the choir, though. You okay. see, you, you got libertarians... Reasonable people, mind you, very reasonable people calling up and explaining correct opinions to talk show hosts who have correct opinions, uh, broadcasting to an audience of reasonable people who hold the correct opinions on this stuff. But, well, Tom, don't it, forget, it is the word broadcasting. We are, so it's not yeah, just we are on radio stations as well, so there are people coming across this message who have never heard this before. And I think that's yeah. why it's important for all of us to take the high... The, take the high road, take the high ground approach to any of these issues and try to make sure that, you know, if somebody calls in like you, Tom, you get to air your thoughts and then we allow people to come up with various opinions because especially with the Ed Brown issue, the, you know, there there are such entrenched opinions as to whether or not the IRS and the federal income tax are legal or constitutional. And so to sort of sift those through and allow people an opportunity to talk about them, even as we know that Ed and Elaine Brown are holed up in their house and they don't know where their, li- their lives might be forfeited in a few days. It's a very difficult situation. I know you wanted to sound off on that a little bit too, Tom, so go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, in a moment there, uh, but what I would uh, suggest here, what I'm calling to suggest is pick a talk show where the hosts have got it all wrong on Sunday night when this program doesn't uh, broadcast. I mean, pick a and uh, recommend that the listeners and your regular callers tune into that syndicated talk show and listen in. And when they say something totally wrong, you call them up and tell them, Good luck the getting on. Own oh, well, you call up and you say, well, you, I want to talk to this guy about uh, drug control laws. Like he's talking then about they the, you know, hang up on you. No, because they're talking about drug control laws, too. They don't necessarily screen them, which way are you going to talk about it. They just ask about the topic that the, you're talking about, the same thing that that talk show host is talking about, and then you explain to them like the government doesn't own the citizens and never had any right to impose drug laws in the first place. So how can you say the cops were in the right in shooting the drug dealer? You know, it's yeah, well, stuff you know, that people forget you about. You make a good you point, know? Tom. You do, that's an excellent point. You want to get in, uh, in those areas where maybe there are a larger proportion of people who aren't preaching who aren't you're not preaching to the, to the converted uh and in some cases those hosts will give you a fair hearing uh in some cases they won't uh, for example i was on with uh um uh what is it sean hannity one time and i was talking about how we didn't declare war in iraq on iraq and uh and so he said well it all depends on how you declare war I was like, what? I thought you were a strict constructionist there, Mr. Hannity. It says it very clearly in the Constitution. It's a declaration of war. It's obvious. It's, it's, it's manifest in its own definition. It is a declaration of war. 
And those types of things, he just basically hung up on me. There's another host in right. Boston. Yeah, another host in Boston. I was talking about the, the fact that the Constitution only gives the federal government power to control naturalization, not immigration. That is a state issue. And he goes, oh, you must be a libertarian. Libertarians get all the best weed. I'm like, I don't smoke weed. Can, yeah. we, per- can we talk about things that are not ad hominem and actually talk about subjects? So it's tough, Tom, to be able to get through to these right. things. But uh, I appreciate yeah. the call. Uh, let's go to Gene, who's in uh, Boston and uh, wants to talk about freedom to fascism and the IRS. Gene, thanks a lot for the, for the call at Free Talk Live. I appreciate it. How are you? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear, hear your comments. I think you're right up there with Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox. Hey, thanks, man. I'll be hitting the last home run. So yeah. There's a great movie going around the country. Uh, Aaron Russo, who produced the movie The Rose with yeah. Bette Midler, and also ran for governor of Nevada and came in second place. His best friend is one of the Rockefeller politicians. Mm-hmm. has a movie going out around the country that is an expose all about the uh, Federal Reserve Bank connection with the IRS and the legality of it by questioning former IRS commissioners and putting them on the spot to explain the legality of it. It's a great the movie's movie. called uh, uh, America, Freedom to Fascism. Yeah. And you can look it up on a Google search and even watch it online right in your own living room. Yeah, Google Video has it. I know that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's great. a great flick and it's a great eye-opener about the oligarchies that are really running and pulling the strings for their own benefit and you know, making slaves out of us U.S. citizens. Well, Gene, you know, after seeing that movie, uh, you feel angry, depressed, frustrated, and Aaron Russo, you know, he's walking the halls, as you as you note in, in the film. It's a documentary film. He has a camera guy with him. He's, a, as you say, he's a, a famous Hollywood producer. He's won awards. He produced The Rose and Trading Places with uh, uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. And uh, so he's he comes from that sort of liberal establishment, and yet here he is. He's saying, well, "Wait a minute, I, I'm questioning the validity of the laws that supposedly are on the books for the IRS." And and in it, and I'm sure you you remember this scene, Gene, where he talks to a former a former head of the IRS who's now a lobbyist in Washington, and he says, "Well, can you show me the law? Can you tell me? Can you cite for me the law that means people have to pay?" And the guy keeps saying, oh, now, come on now, let's not get combative, Aaron. And he, Aaron's like, look, I'm just asking you, can you tell me where the law is? He's like, oh, let's not be silly, Aaron. He's like, what are you doing? I'm asking you, can you tell me about the law? And the guy would never do it. He would never cite the law, which, again, seems to give a lot of ammunition to people like Ed and Elaine right. who say, show me the law. And that's all Ed did in court, and well, they, they didn't It doesn't look law. good for their case if they can't point it out. They don't know their own laws. They sure don't have a problem enforcing them. You got it. Gene, thanks so much for calling in from Boston. You got it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line at Free Talk Live. You call us. You get involved. We have callers from Montana and Michigan and Indy coming up soon. Right, Julia? That's right. All right. And we're going to check out for a couple minutes, talk to some of the folks who are backing us up in return. Go to freetalklive.com to check out more. We'll tell you more about the website coming up on Free Talk Live. Continuing on Free Talk Live, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Join us, take over the airways, it's your line at Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner, sitting in for Ian and... Julia. Sitting in for Mark. Call us, 800-259-9231. So great to have you here, everybody, and uh, so great to have so many people waiting for an opportunity to talk. But first, I want to give uh, Julia a little opportunity to tell you about something important. 
Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Yeah. Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. NeverGetBusted.com. That's NeverGetBusted.com. Because remember, as a pinhead talk show host in Boston once told me, oh, you must be a libertarian. Libertarians get all the best pot. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the intellectual exchange, buddy. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, they've got nothing else. They might as well. You know, that's one of the things that, that really bugs me so much is... You know, when you try to engage Julia in a, a certain level of inter- intellectual discourse, political intellectual disputation, and people discount you with ad hominem attacks. Right. Really, really frustrating. Uh, let's skip over all the rest of that, though. We have a lot of people waiting. We're talking about Ed Brown and a number of other issues, and you can feel free to take over if you want and take things in a different direction as we fill in for Ian and Mark at Free Talk Live. Let's go to Eric, who is on the line in Michigan. Eric, thanks for joining us at Free Talk Live. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you guys? Great. Thank you for waiting. appreciate it. You betcha. I would just like to know what you two think of the draft. Ah, uh, the military draft. Involuntary mm-hmm. servitude. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I didn't sign up to be a slave to anything. Neither did I. Yeah, and you know you know what bothers me about that, Eric, is when people use a lot of patri- so-called patriotic talk to say, well, you have to serve your country. Wait a minute. Where did the balance of, of power come? I thought the country was supposed to serve my purposes to protect my private property. Where does it come in that I have to do something that the state tells me in a positive way? And, of course, with the military, they misuse it. They haven't declared war since World War II, so that disgusts me. Right. And as a soldier who wants to be in the military, would you want people who don't want to be in the military serving next to you? That's insane. Absolutely. Great point. How do you feel about it, Eric? Here's the trouble that I have. I completely disagree with it, but I have a teacher who's a liberal, and he believes that we should bring back the draft because it's an equalization of the burden. Now, I don't agree with the draft at all, but he thinks that if we're going to have a war, then everyone should have to serve. That way you're going to have people protesting in the streets rather than people just letting the poorest, you know, the lumpen proletariat go out and fight and die for nothing. Well, that's, that's, you know, what's interesting about that is uh, that comes down to the sort of, as you say, the lumpen proletariat, you know, a sort of socialistic Marxist approach towards the view of the content, the demographics of the people who are in the military now. You know, it's sort of that, you remember that exchange, I don't know if you saw it on on The View, between Rosie O'Donnell and the supposedly conservative girl. And Rosie had all these statistics about, well, you know, they they take only the poorest of the poor, and they take high school dropouts, and these people, they have terrible IQs. and And so this girl said... And the next day, this girl got some statistics and proved her completely wrong, that a lot of these guys are high-performing students. And, yeah, a lot of people take the, take the positions in the Army. They voluntarily serve. Right. But uh, a lot of these guys are pretty, uh, pretty high, top-notch people. And, in fact, the quality of people who are in there now is better than the quality, say, 20 years ago. Right. So it's, it's, it's too bad that people do, you know, rely on that economic argument. It's sort of like um, uh, who's, the, uh, who's the guy, the senator who sounds like um, – uh, Elmer Fudd. Um, oh, shoot. Um, Which I one? Yeah, he's he's in favor of the draft. Uh, he's in favor of the draft. I know who you're talking about. I cannot yeah. remember yeah. his name. Uh, there was this one guy, and I can't remember his name, so it's it's you know it doesn't depict me as a very good radio host right now. Um, he wanted to reimpose the draft because he thought that that would show all the rich people. It would put a, a stake for all the rich people because they wouldn't be able to get out of it. But you know, as but they we've do seen, get out of the it. rich people do get out of it in many cases. You know, so I don't know. You know, it's. To me, Eric, the, the fundamentals of it are that in a free society, no one should be compelled to do anything to help the state. That's 
something that I think is key to remain important. What do you think? I would certainly agree with you, but I think at the same time this war has just got awful, and if that would help end it quicker, then I'm willing to consider it. I, I, I do see a lot of poor people joining the yeah. Army, and I guarantee, I guarantee you won't see any, anyone with a scholarship to Harvard you know, joining the military. Do you really think that the draft is going to make this war end faster? Well, if you look at Vietnam, uh, my dad was around that. He almost got drafted, and he told me that, you know, at first when Vietnam was going on, they had a draft where it wasn't by lottery, or rather, it wasn't just random. You know, they picked out certain people. Uh, you could get deferments and what have you. And a lot of people supported it because they knew they wouldn't have to go. And all of a sudden, as soon as they uh, came up with the random lottery, people all of a sudden went completely against the war, and the war ended quite quickly because they said, you know, crap, my butt's in it now. You know, I could get, I could have to serve. Yeah, yeah. But it people was Charles still had Rangel, to serve. Yeah, yeah, it was Charles Ryan who thought of that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I don't think and, I would want to sacrifice yeah. those people who have to serve. Exactly. To, I'm sorry, I, I, but if you I, call me, tell me I have to go to the Army, I'm not going, no matter what. I don't care what purpose it will s- supposedly serve. Mm. I don't want to have to serve either. I'm 18, and I think that I would be caught up if there was a draft, and I, I'd probably leave because I don't believe in the war. I don't believe in, in the draft even. Yeah. At the same time, I think that when we're just going to let, you know, what might be the poorest of the poor, I, I see a lot of poor people going into the Army, if we just let them fight and then we just pretend like it's not even going on, I mean, you know, you can tell that no, nobody even realizes that there's a war going on. You know, yeah. it's, there's no war effort in the country. It's just some people who serve, who serve, you know, and a lot of a lot of Blackwater guys who are there fighting for nothing, and no one really cares. But so by, by, spreading the pain, uh, by spreading the pain, it might cause the disease to end more quickly. I'm sorry to but, say it, but it might. And I, if we can save, if we can save 100,000 Iraqis by shedding the blood of 200 Americans who didn't want to well, go, then I think that might be worth it. I don't want to be one of those 200 Americans, and I gotta say, two wrongs do not make a right. Yeah, Eric, we gotta move on, but thanks a lot for the call. It's, it's maybe we can talk about that again because Eric brings up an excellent point. That, thank you very much for the call, Eric, over in Michigan. Uh, let's go to Montana. Dave has been waiting patiently. Thank you very much, Dave, for joining us at Free Talk Live. I appreciate it. How are you? All right, how are you guys? Oh, it, just the very fact the way she reacted shows that it would work because there would be millions of people going, no, this war is well, wrong and I ain't going. There is and, millions of people and, that are saying no right now, though, and it well, hasn't they, done they're not thing. involved. They're not involved, and, and the government ain't trying to get them. You know, there, there isn't a tug and pull. The same thing with, uh, I could relate it to what's going on with the Brown incident. Waco... And Ruby Ridge had weapons violations attached to the incident. This one doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's why the big media isn't grabbing hold of it. And it shows that big media and all the people that are against the Browns are on the other side. And they can't use it to take our weapons away. And it's not broad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Dave, I, I, wanna, I was thinking about that. You coming from Montana, um, and I don't know anything about your personal life, but I know that you call into the show occasionally. And, folks, if you want to call us, it's 800-259-9231, toll free. Uh, Dave, um, uh, since you participated in Free Talk Live in the past, uh, what's your thought about what Ed and Elaine Brown should do? And I know that it's sort of presumptuous. Hold their ground like they're doing, and, and the people have to help them. This is where the... It comes to our part and show up. I heard there ain't too many people there, and nobody's going to show up because people are in fear of their government. They're afraid. And once you are in fear, it's all lost. We have to show up in numbers. And that's what this guy was talking about. If they started the draft up, the people would show up in numbers. Would they? And that's what's missing in this war, this 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 travesty of, in the name of America. Uh, 
the people are missing and are complacent. They're paid off with their loans and their nice cars and this and their tax deferrals or whatever. We have if the if the draft was started and the people were dragged into this mess, people like you would be yelling and screaming, not going, and there's stuff would be happening. We, the people would be out in the streets again, and that's what's got to happen with the Browns. We got to show up. I wish I could, but I, I, my car could barely. I, I worry about it making it through the day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and most of us are in that position, you know. Yeah. They got yeah. us chasing the the legal tender, you know. And I, then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, something. Everybody that's against the libertarians and they throw the marijuana right in their face. You know, Patrick Henry and Samuel Adams would. Speak Bit in the face of anybody that spoke bad against hemp because they knew hemp is the way to freedom. Hemp is a ind- can make you independent, feed you, clothe you, house you. It's an intricate uh, part component to survival. Yeah, it should be, and- Dave. We're up against the clock. Uh, you bring up some awesome points. I don't want that to just be rhetorical. I'm Gardner Goldsmith. She's Julia. And we will return. 800-259-9231. You take over the airwaves at Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Interactive, interactive it is. 800-259-9231-9231, the toll-free SACL, CAI toll-free line here at Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner, she is... Julia. And you are out there. Give us a call, 800-259-9231, filling in for Ian and Mark, and uh, very glad to be doing so. We've had a lot of calls in the Ed Brown situation. We have a number of other stories as well. Uh, the Browns live in Plainfield, New Hampshire. They have not been pay- paying their income taxes for quite a while. They were found guilty of tax evasion and other things... Uh, a number of months ago, uh, back when was it January? I think it was. Right, and, something uh, like that. Yep. And so uh, now there are federal troops surrounding. Well, they were surrounding their home. They pulled back these federal marshals. Uh, there was a man who was taken off their property, and they have seized her dental office uh, nearby. Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll take your calls on that. If you want to continue talking about it, let's now go to uh, Chris, who's in Indianapolis. Chris, thanks for joining us at Free Talk Live. How are you, sir? Good. Um, I've been waiting for this. Um, you mean I'm the sure feds th- to corner Ed Brown? Uh, yeah, well, uh, no, not really. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's been all Ed Brown all day, and I'm going to have to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, how often does Ian, uh, like, leave the show um, to other – has he ever left the show? He has left the show on a few occasions – Let's just say he's here ninety nine percent of the time, and he he's, he's very good. consistent. It's his I don't know show. how he does it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he loves his work. That's for sure. Okay, well, it's a show about this call. Okay, uh, I'm taking control of the airways. So, okay, um, I want the hosts, <laughs> you guys, to think the best you can. How can you um, kind of scare Ian a little bit? You know, like uh, he he might be listening right now. He's and, not. Oh. Man. Well, um, but he will later. <laughs> I, I just want to like I, I've been thinking about this ever since he said that uh, they were going to leave, and I, I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of mischievous thing that, that that we can all come together and work together to do to just flip Ian out a little bit, and Mark maybe, uh, you know, because you guys you know are running the show right now. 
Yes, yeah, we but are. they're they're just away for a little while, so huh? you know. Uh, actually, we have them taped up yes. in an upper room somewhere. It's a, it's like a really bad psycho movie. You know, I'm wearing a weird wig right now. High on the webcam, uh, but uh, yeah, they they don't go away very often, and they work really hard on this. And uh, so, uh, so what's your point there, Chris? Uh, well, I just want to. I wouldn't want you guys to get in trouble, but like. I was just thinking just now, like maybe you guys could tell Tom to call back and like <laughs> let let Tom sound off for like an hour and a half about how everybody pops. should go up to the Browns' house and yeah and shoot them shoot them federales and no, stuff like that. I mean, don't think so. Don't yeah, it's think only so. one call per night here on Free Talk Live. Um, <laughs> hey, but well, Chris, I'm sure there's something you guys could do. Hey, Chris, uh, what's your what's your thought uh, just to round off the Ed Brown thing? Because we have another topic I want to bring up after this break. But uh, okay. Uh, on on the Ed Brown situation, um, and you're in Indianapolis. Indianapolis yeah. is sort of a conservative. Uh, you had uh, Mayor Goldsmith down there, Steve Goldsmith, um, and there are a lot of conservatives in Indianapolis. Is is this anything that even hits the airwaves there, or is it something that's only for freedom lovers? And if it were to hit the airwaves with the Browns, say, giving up their lives for what they thought was important, and I, I don't even—it's a weird thing to even say, but. You know, Ed has made references to that possibly happening. What do you think would be the media coverage of it in a place like Indianapolis? Well, the strange thing is, is um, listening to the show, it's it's really strange that a lot of people from Indianapolis call into the show. It's true. Um, you guys are on the AM station here, um, and I'm sure a lot of people know about it. I mean, you know, all my friends know about it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I, it is. Uh, I, I think that... It's it's getting out. I'm sure there's some people that you know it hasn't gotten out to here, but like, you know, here we had that um, the Baptist church thing. Mm. Um, I'm not really like too into that, what that was all about, but it was it was similar. You know, it was the feds coming in and you know <laughs> going into a Baptist church. It's kind of strange, but um, oh, those evil Baptists! Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're killing people. Got to stop there, them! So. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, it's it's out there and. As far as the actual situation that's going on out there, I mean, I think it's really amazing because here they, you know, here they are doing doing this, and they got all these people. And at, you know, Tom, I mean, he's from New Hampshire. Why, you know, he should be on his way, you know, mm-hmm. um, just to be out there. But well, actually, it's interesting you say that because yesterday, um, you know, we have this website NH Free. It's sort of a center for activism online mm-hmm. here. Yeah. yeah. And people on NH Free, within hours, were going up there and making phone calls. And I wonder if that had played a huge role in them backing off. Maybe they did a test run. Yeah, one thing's for sure, and i got to say this, Julia, you make a great point. Back in January, that was one of the factors that got the government to back off. Uh, they got so much publicity, and so many people were driving up there. It was all, it was bizarre. Because there, there's gr- a large group of us making a lot of noise, and they don't yeah. really want people to know th- about this. Yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit. I, I don't know how how you feel about this, Chris, but we were talking a little bit about what the calculus for people thinking about when is the time to go up and defend a guy like Ed Brown if you do agree with his principles and you agree with his position on the law. And sometimes those are not congruent. That you agree with his principles, but maybe you disagree with his position on the law. Maybe you agree with both. And and a lot of people, you know, it's a very big step to say, okay, uh, this is the time. I'm going to go up, and I'm going to be armed, and I'm going to help protect this man and his private property because now is the time if we get enough people. It's it's sort of almost like the old economics thing, the prisoner's dilemma. Do you know yeah. what the other person is thinking? Can you get enough people behind it? Can you organize people enough? And when it comes down to it, you're making a decision where you're saying, okay, I am willing to possibly take the life 
of a police officer or a federal agent who has possibly a family and kids and thinks he's doing the right thing, those sort of thoughts are very difficult to handle. You have to wonder if these guys really think they're doing the right thing. If you're proud of what you do, do you dress in all black and cover your face? That's a great point. Well, for what you say, um, every situation is just completely different. And right now, um, they're not going to go in there at all because people are just talking about it all all over the place. But in like a month, when it dies down, they might. Right, so or at if two you in really, the yeah. Well, if you really want that thrill, and I'm, I will say this, and this is no joke. If if this were happening here, right here, right now, uh, like in, in Indianapolis, I would I would be there just for the thrill of being there, knowing that these federales are all over the place, and you know they've already shot at somebody, and that guy, that particular guy that they shot at. I mean, what a story there, you know. He just got tased. He's still alive, but yeah. he, you know, he clashed with them, and usually. They shoot people's face off in that situation. Yeah. You know, they shoot little boys in that situation. And look at Ruby Ridge, man. Right. As for the feds themselves, you know, they're in there, and they're they're pumped up. You know, they're ready to kill. Oh, yes, they are. They, yeah. they are ready to, like, it's not hard to kill somebody. And, like, if you have an MP5, you could kill, like, and 30 people. And lots of MP5s. In, and isn't well, yeah, it, you isn't could it, kill a large amount of people in a very a small amount of time. Isn't it amazing, too, Chris, that this is all predicated on a law that is uh, admittedly in dispute by Ed Brown, but it is a law that is not a law to stop people from hurting each other, but a mm-hmm. law to allow the government to go in, check your finances, check how much you make, check your privacy, and take whatever the majority in the government wants. And that's why these guys are set up to possibly kill the Browns. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a um, they are looking for something to do because they don't got nothing to do. And, and that's the truth. And they got a lot of dudes who are like, you know, oh, man, I don't want combat, I want combat. And there are a lot of people who are not in the federal government who kind of want the same thing. Like I said, personally, I would go up there just for the thrill of being there, you know. What would the Sons of Liberty do? I don't want to sound inflammatory. What would the Sons of Liberty do? You know, uh, what if the, they were there? Yeah, you know, these are the guys who went out drunken one night and threw all the tea off that was owned by the Dutch each India East India Company and and started you know burning things and doing all sorts of stuff. They were real radicals. Sam Adams, not John Adams, but Sam Sam Adams and a lot of the other guys in Boston. Uh, those guys were really radical people. The question is, were they radical for the sake of the morality of taxation to stop the immoral idea of taxation on, say, things like tea and the intolerable acts and things like that? Or was it the process where they felt like they weren't being represented, and if they had been represented, then they would have thought it was more acceptable? I think when it comes down to it, the morality of it is key, and all yeah. the other things are, are tangential from it. They all stem from it. Um, but the question is, is it time to do that? Is it time to act like those guys did? Well, the thing you've got to realize is those guys lived in a different time era. Yeah. And what they did then is very similar to what's happening now. I mean, Ed Brown and his wife are literally putting their lives on the line. And that's something that people don't, people who, people don't do that a lot. You know, people think that dying is the worst possible thing that can happen to you. And believe me, it is not. And, you know, these people realize this and know that, you know, if they come in, they're going to wipe them out. I mean, you're not going to win. No. But, you know, to, to, to get one on your way out is, 
I mean, everybody, you know, it's a bad situation. It's Can't violence. Blame people, them. Yeah, people don't like violence, but, you know, they're coming in on you. You know, it's not yeah. like you're going and shooting them in their house. Chris, thank you so much for the call from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Our regards to everybody down there in the Freedom Movement. And, uh, geez, we're almost done in the second hour, Julia. Good it's deal. going by quick. Hey, it is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. She is Julia. Julia, thanks so much, girl. Mm-hmm. All right. We will return after Top of the Hour News with most of your stations, and we'll give you more information about some of the news stories coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Welcome back for hour number three of Free Talk Live. It is your show, your number, 800-259-9231. Take over the airwaves, make it yours. It is freedom. I am Gardner filling in for Ian, and she is... Julia. Filling in for Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free number. Get in touch with us. We've been having a very busy night tonight with a lot of things being pushed back that are immediate issues on the national front and some philosophical things, which I know is is great for Free Talk Live. It's one of the things I like to compliment Ian and Mark on to leave a preposition hanging out there uh, like something you don't even want to have on TV because you'd be fined. But um, it's it's one of the things that I really love about this program is that at Free Talk Live, they talk about current events, but they also will take an opportunity to talk about the philosophy that underlies those things and come up with some solutions to say, hey, maybe this would be better. And those solutions are peaceful solutions, the market solutions. What's also really great about it is it gives, since Free Talk Live gives listeners the opportunity to call in, it gets a debate going, a conversation. Yeah. So there's constantly new ideas being passed around. I, I just love Free Talk and Live. And if you want to participate uh, a little bit more, get over to freetalklive.com. Now, over at the website, you'll see some of the amazing things that they have there, including the Free Talk Live wiki, which has, I don't even know how many thousands, like 800,000 entries in it. Well, it's not quite that much, but it is a really neat little feature. It's great, and it's controlled by you. It's controlled by you online. Sign up. Sign up for the BBS, where you can participate with other lovers of freedom. And, of course, if you're a woman, head over to the shrine and see that you are not alone. It's the shrine of female Free Talk Live libertarians, and it's great. It's I, really I do great. really like the shrine. It's one of my favorite features. Julia, you got a great picture over there. Thank you. It's really nice. Sort of a, a natural setting with some water behind you and some trees, and it's a very, very nice shot. Yeah. And uh, there's one picture of a woman that I find fascinating. She's got a big stack of all these books, like Human Action by Von Mises and all these other things. Right. And the, the women are all universally very attractive in the pictures. They picked great shots. So head over to the shrine. And guys, yeah, I know you're going to go there. I don't even have to mention, but especially if you're a woman... Check it out and send in your picture. Show people that you support Free Talk Live. And also, if you get an opportunity, sign up for the AMP program. The AMP program is something that has helped Ian and Mark expand the show and get them on more stations. And it is a terrific idea. It's very limited. The reason they're gone is because they're at a talk radio convention. Very important. Good for getting stations and such. And they would not be there tonight if it were not for the AMP program. It's $3 a month. It's a very low amount of money. You can get over there and check it out. It's the AMP. You can go to the website. Just click on the AMP icon 
and check it out. Also, if you want to go to eBay, go to eBay through Free oh, Talk it's Amazon. Live. Oh, Amazon. That's right. <laughs> They're very similar. Yeah, go, good go to Amazon.com through Free Talk Live as well. And uh, anything that you buy through Amazon that you do through Free Talk Live, Free Talk Live will get a certain cut of it. And that, of course, helps them to expand the show as well. So that's right. That's, that's an absolutely great idea. And, of course, if you get an opportunity, sign up for the BBS. And you can see all the great products that the Free Talk Live website offers. And uh, some of them are really cool. They have the Data Stick, which is also an MP3 player. I ordered one of those. I can't wait for it to come in. And they have the Free Talk Live logo on them, which is great. The bumper stickers, all sorts of great stuff. T-shirts. And if you're a woman, you may want to get, I suggest, get your Free Talk Live T-shirt. And then take your picture for the shrine. Send it in with a sign that says, Free Talk Live rocks my socks. That's what I, I go for. And, of course, I have no vested interest in this in any way as, you know, a heterosexual guy looking for even more pictures of gorgeous women. Actually, I think the pictures up there right now are sufficient. 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. She is... Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark. Okay, now let's get back to the phones and the fun where it's your show. You take over. Let's go to Josh in Texas. Josh, thanks for joining the program. How are you? Good. Um, well, I was just calling because I've just started watching the show like three days ago mm-hmm. i've been pretty intrigued yeah and i was wondering in the libertarian like in that type of government well it's no government but how would how would you enforce like um if somebody murdered someone like how would you enforce that well like there are what would you do there are different kinds i guess types of libertarians a lot of libertarians are small government libertarians. Their basis, I guess, their Mm -hmm. philosophy is that you should not be punished if you don't hurt somebody else. If you've murdered somebody, you've hurt somebody else. So they would be punished. And that's a small government libertarian. In in the anarchist or free market uh, sense, as Ian would like to say, uh, the way we look at it, Josh, is this. Uh, Pretty much anything you want government to do, you can do yourself. And if there is not enough incentive in the private market to hire somebody to do that which you can't do yourself for the various services that everybody can provide, whether it's food services, clothing, doctoring, or even protective services, uh, what you realize is if there weren't enough people in the private market to keep a business supported, there's certainly no rational moral justification for forcing someone to pay for it when he wouldn't have paid for it in the first place. So what we have is the possibility of, let's say, allowing for a private marketplace to provide police services, which gets us to your point. You've already gone past all these things, but for those people who are, you know, sort of getting into these thought processes, we'll let them catch up to that and and get to this point. So you say, okay, okay, guard, let's say that there is no moral justification for taking someone's private property to pay for the police force, which is supposed to take his to protect his private property. Because you've got an inconsistency there. The, the two are inconsistent. How do, you, how do you allow for private police forces without those police forces being used by, say, the richest, the most powerful person to prey on other people? And uh, what you generally see, and, and in fact, you can go to the Von Mises website. If you go to Mises.org and put in my name, Goldsmith, there's a big piece called Beautiful Chaos. And I wrote this, uh, basically an abstract article on the supposition that marketplaces can provide for private security and all sorts of things. And what you see is you see that those people who enter into the police force business, 
they want to get as many clients as they possibly can. Now, people will recognize that it's in their best interest if they want their private property protected. They want to get police forces that are honest police forces, and there are going to be other police forces that sprout up in other areas. Yeah, and, and so there's going to be competition, and so you're going to get better police forces. Right, but in addition to that, you're also going to get the people hiring those police forces will want to have justice systems that will allow them to visit those areas that have other police forces. They're going to have to be reciprocal. They'll have to work with each other. And if you have a dishonest police force, the people in the honest zone won't want to work with them. Now, some people can say, well, what about ganglandism and gangsterism? What if you get the most powerful force? Well, generally what ends up happening is people will recognize that they don't want to get involved with military conflicts with each other if they can do something more cheaply and benefit from it, which is free market exchange. The Kellogg's doesn't go to battle with uh, General Mills in the, in the marketplace for cereals. You know, they compete with each other for the consumer's yeah. dollar. So um, also, in addition to that, uh, justice systems have to be, they're very, very complex, and they, they have to be uh, well organized with each other so that, as I said, if you have a justice system where you want to make sure that people traveling in one area can also travel in another area, you'll want to make sure that those justice systems, say, for example, uh, the judges and juries and things like that, will handle people and, say, deport someone to another area. They all have to be interlocking and work in the free market system. So the minute one of the players starts to act in an aggressive manner, all the other players will ostracize him. And they won't want to participate with him. Now, some people can say, eh, you know, I still worry about it. It's up to you, but it's a start for the thought process anyway. Right. My recommendation for you, Josh, would be to keep listening to Free Talk Live. And, and I think it will come together more for you. All right. Well, I've, I've listened to a lot of the past episodes right. by now. And, well, also, wouldn't there have to be some type of legislator, though, to, to determine what, like, um, what taking someone's private property would be or, like, hurting someone. Well, that would be according to the people who sign on to the particular private uh, private society. All those people who join up would, a priori, prior to the fact of signing on, know what the penalties oh, would be. Okay. And they would agree to the penalties that would be outlined if they broke the rules. It would be a contractual thing. Hey, listen, we're oh, just I, up I, see, against... I see what you're saying. Yeah, you got it. We'll talk more about this. The number, toll-free. It's the SACL CAI line. It's 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. And Julia. And we'll return at Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line at Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com to find out more about the program where you can find so much more than what is available on all those pay sites on other talk radio programs that are nationally heard. You can get, what, about a year's worth of material in their sound oh, yeah. archives, and it's all free. And uh, we hope you'll head on over there. It's freetalklive.com. Check it out. I am Gardner. And this is Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark. And hey, I uh, want to ask you a question. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer? Nothing. You got it. <laughs> but, but the Prometheus Institute, readpi.com, is looking to change that by implementing practical and innovative solution, solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. You can visit readpi.com today. Check it out. 
go there. It's the Prometheus Institute at readpi.com and start talking a little bit more about implementing the ideas that you consider for changing the oppressive nature of government. Julia, thanks a lot for sticking around. This is great. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I wanted to uh, do something before we go on to any more calls because uh, we had a call just before the break, and we'll remind you about a couple of the things we've been discussing. One of the issues we want to get to shortly uh, is uh, has to do with Vermont and the issue of secession. We will get to that. I want to telegraph to the, uh, that to you early on. But we had a call from uh, Josh in, uh, in Texas who was talking to us a little bit about... Um, about private police forces. And one of the things that is interesting, and I'll just uh, bring this up to you, is he asked a question about, you know, how is it that you could have private protection forces so that people are not forced to give up their money to the state for the very entity that's supposed to be protecting their money against incursions by others. Right. And uh, so I, I pulled up my piece over at Mises. I don't want it, I want this to be like some sort of promotional thing, but it was easy for, for me to allow for quick reference. And here's a little something that I wrote. It's, it's all sort of uh, uh, annotated. Um, and basically, here's the deal. Um, first, you have to acknowledge that government police, police forces rarely stop crimes. More crimes are stopped today by private citizens brandishing their own weapons than by police, and that is always going to be the case. Well, if you think about it, the police is the cleanup crew. They do not prevent people from getting murdered. They do not prevent people from getting robbed. When somebody is murdered or robbed and the police are called, they show up, they take a few notes, and they sort of clean things up. In fact, in situations like Columbine, and I believe the Virginia Tech shootings as well, the police actually waited outside until the shooting stopped. So they... They weren't protecting anybody. That's right. That's right. And it's it, by their nature. They can't be everywhere. Well, they don't have to protect you. Exactly. They're getting a paycheck no matter what. In fact, there have been court cases that have shown that the police, even though they say to protect and serve, uh, they don't have to protect. They, and, the judges have ruled that. And i got to say, and I'm sure most of you can relate out there, when I get pulled over, which doesn't happen often, but when I see blue lights behind me when I'm driving down the road, I don't feel protected and I don't feel served. In fact, my heart starts racing even if I'm not doing anything wrong. Because you know your private property is being threatened now for something that you didn't even know. And they they can make up all sorts of reasons. Oh, yes, they can. And, of course, now, uh, criticizing the government paradigm is is only half of what we need to do here. We need to be able to promote the market paradigm superior to it. So, uh, okay, so you know that it, it has a moral problem behind it, and also mixed in is the practical problem of how much do you pay, uh, is everybody going to be satisfied, what's going to happen. So the provision of protection by armed or potentially physically injurious forces, um, let's talk about how you can do that privately. And uh, I'll just read to you from the piece. The alternative comes in the form of private police forces working for private communities, forces subject to the demands of the market, forces that must answer to customers with honesty and efficiency. Just like any other service provider, those offering protection to potential customers would have reputations to uphold. They would have to do their jobs well and cheaply, answering, answering to their clients, just like so many protective forces do for private businesses now. Right. I was just thinking of, when, if you have, for example, if you live in a gated community, you have private security guards that drive around. And, exactly. And they don't pull you over unless you're some sort of a suspicious vehicle and harass you like the police. 
police do. Because the people living there would say, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. We've got to change the rules here. You guys aren't supposed to be harassing the people who are coming to visit right. me. Right. They'd we, get fired. We need the balance. Exactly. And and But, of course, the imaginative listener is going to say, but what if you had private community against private community? Okay, so... One might ask, what if their clients are interested in preying upon their poorer neighbors and hire the police force to invade and plunder? Meanwhile, the poorer neighbor does not have the financial wherewithal to hire a strong enough police force to fight back. Couldn't ganglandism ensue, wherein the richest hire the strongest force to steal from those who cannot compete? This is highly unlikely for numerous reasons. History has shown that warfare is extremely expensive. Warfare states cannot sustain themselves against the forces of the market. In a market-governing society comprised of many private communities, the very existence of the market communities would imply the understanding of this fact about war versus peaceful market exchange. The freer and more peaceful the community, the more prosperous it is, and the more it has to spend on its own defense. So, for example... Take a look back at the United States and the USSR. The U.S., with its relatively free market structure, was able to fund a military that surpassed that of the USSR in almost every regard. The USSR imploded after trying to invade nation after nation, all in an effort to keep its war machine funded. Admittedly, what one is painting is a picture of a stateless society that provides... When one is trying to paint a picture of a stateless society providing for its own defense, the United States is not a perfectly analogous system because we have tax money that's forcibly taken from the freer system in order to pay for the defense forces that would defend us against the USSR. But, in general, the higher prosperity of market-driven societies can not only outpace warlike societies in provision of food, clothing, and leisure opportunities, it can also surpass the warlike societies in the provision of defense forces to ensure the peace. And one more point. Market structures that successfully provide goods and services, even services such as police protection and adjudication, require extraordinary degrees of sophisticated coordination that arise in response to consumer demand. In order to offer protection services to any community of any size, a private police force would be required by the consumers to show that it could and would coordinate with and be accepted by the police and justice systems of other communities. Not only would these other community community forces promise to remain peaceful, they would all work together to create emergency defense unions to repel any market participant who turns rogue and engages in aggressive activities. And also, as you and I have noted before, Julia, in, in private conversation, the greatest thing about the market is it provides these services for lesser and lesser price, a lower and lower price, so the poorer people can afford getting That's things right. that they had to rely on other people getting for them in the past. And if, for example... If you had private fire protection and private police force and you had a, like, user fees situation, you wouldn't have, like, right now, which most, I believe it's 92%, Mark always uses that number, um, of fire stations right now are voluntary. Mm. But for the ones that you pay for, I don't use the fire service ever. So if for some reason I had to use the fire service, I could afford to pay for it with all the money I've saved. Absolutely. Greater prosperity, greater extra money left over to allow for even more investment in private market exchange. Yeah, people would be able to pick and choose which services they wanted. It's a brilliant idea. Freedom. Okay, we will return. You take over the airwaves at Free Talk Live. Call us at 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. And Julia. We'll return in a moment. Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. 
Rolling along on Free Talk Live, the toll-free line, 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner with... Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight on Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com. FTL continues this Friday night. I hope you're having a great one. And uh, we, of course, in New Hampshire, the Live Free or Die State, the Granite State, are uh, hoping that more people will join us and get involved with the Free State Project, and so many other the other things that are so important to us for the freedom movement. And you need to know that the Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us today. We'll find liberty together. Yeah, the, leader, the Leadership Caucus, they are terrific. The Liberty Caucus is great. Um, I love what those guys do, and they've been very active in New Hampshire. We were just talking a little bit. I want to take a little stray moment to thank everybody who's been participating here in New Hampshire uh, to try to stop the growth of government and actually roll it back in some cases. And uh, we were able to beat the seatbelt law. We were talking about these ridiculous public service announcements that are paid for with your tax dollars from the Ad Council. Ooh, love the ad council. Yeah. Now, they're going to have one about Paris Hilton soon. Watch out. Paris Hilton is out there, and she will get you. But they have these ads for seatbelts, and they produce these ads before New Hampshire once again rejected the seatbelt, mandatory right. seatbelt law. So they say, in every state, everywhere, daytime or night. We are watching you. And we will ticket you. <laughs> You know, it's like, wow, what kind of effects box do you have on that guy's voice? We will get you. So uh, we're saying, no, sorry, we're in New Hampshire. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Here's a little uh, digit for you. I'm just raising it for your, uh, it, oh, it's the number one, but I did it in an unusual way. So 800-259-9231, toll free to get involved with the program. You take over, you make it your show, and uh, we've got a couple calls. want to get to them and let them take over. Let's go to Mac in Illinois, land of... Lincoln. Oh, now let's go to let's go to John in Montana first. Okay, yeah, John's been waiting longer. Sorry, sorry, John. sorry about that, Mac and John. Let's go to John in Montana. I skipped ahead. John, thanks uh, yeah, a lot hello. for sticking around. How are you, man? Yeah, um, I, I haven't heard anything from anybody anywhere about this thing that kind of concerns me about uh, Bush and the National Security, Homeland Security, Presidential Directive, yeah, yeah, uh, fifty-one, and uh, basically gives him every makes him a king, basically. Actually. If, we talked about that a few weeks ago on Free Talk Live. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Oh, what, did you, what, do you think, what do you think about it, John? And, and for those people who haven't heard about it, I'm sure many listeners to this show uh, have been. Uh, have well, been I, you want me to go it. through it? The, well, the directive we'll just, is, we'll oh, just talk briefly about it. Give us a quick paraphrase. Yeah. Okay. The, the directive establishes under the office of the president a new national coordinator whose job it is to make. Well, anyway. essentially, essentially what it would do is the executive branch would coordinate all national security, whether or not Congress right. gave him permission. He would right. just do it. And the way they're getting yeah, away yeah. with this is with it's a presidential executive order. And again, we've right. mentioned that the traditional, the, the constitutional view of executive orders is that they're supposed to be internal issuances by the president inside his department to say, hire a new secretary or move somebody, a guard from one end of the building to another or something like that or order right. a new paper or something. They're all internal White House workings. 
Congress, since basically Teddy Roosevelt's time, has allowed executive orders to become de facto law. And so Bush has issued an executive order that's pretty much almost a reaffirmation of a former executive order that was done under the Clinton administration, which gives the president the power to coordinate emergency services, like getting lasers on sharks. Can I get some freaking lasers on some sharks? Uh, like it, he can basically do anything he wants. Yeah, yeah, and which it, is which is to give one person that amount of power is the problem. Yeah. One person who's very power hungry. Not that any other politicians are less power hungry. <laughs> not that he's maybe crazy, but and anyway, so that that is not good. And but this is actually this this could happen. I mean, it could happen with anything. Anything could happen, and he could. This could be set up, and he. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, could take, basically take over the whole country, and you'd be walking backwards with your underwear on your head. It's gotten very little it, attention. It really is scary stuff. It's it's frightening to think about. Yeah, listen, thanks a lot for the call. I really and, appreciate you calling in, Josh. Really, really good to talk to you. And uh, now let's go to Mac. A uh, He is an amper. That's correct. And uh, he's over calling in from the land of Lincoln, Illinois. And I say that, of course, as a bit of a slight because I detest Abraham Lincoln. I'm sorry to say, Mac, but uh, what can you do? You know, it's still called the land of Lincoln. Thanks for calling in, my friend. Thank you very much. How are you? Hi, Garth. Hi, uh, Julia. How Hello. Doing? My yeah. name is Matt with a T. Oh, Matt with a T. Sorry about that. That's my it. fault. So yeah, okay. uh, uh, I just called in because I just got my uh, my Liberty cards, and I thought they were neat. They are but really I, neat. Yeah, why don't you tell people about those? Well, they're just little cards, and they give you a list of all the uh, uh, all kinds of uh, libertarian organizations, most of which I already knew about. Awesome. And on the back is the smallest uh, political quiz. Awesome. I've been giving them out mostly at work because that's where I do most of my uh, uh, socializing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found is that the Hispanics at work really seem interested in them. Cool. And I, I was wondering, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to order any, but I was wondering if the creators of them uh, do a Spanish version. That's a really good idea. You know, I'm not sure, but if you go to our BBS and check that out, the gentleman who um, who made those up is on there. I believe his name is Corey. Yeah, I, I actually was emailing him because uh, I didn't, feel right about, you know, getting them for free because mm-hmm. I was an amper, but he's, you know, he's very insistent on that. He's, he's good about that. Well, it's a and great so deal, I, and it's not really for free, of course. You know, you're really helping out for the show and, and expanding it. It, it seems, it, you know, can I ask you something? Sorry to interrupt, Matt, but, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it, within li- liberty-loving circles, within the classical liberal tradition, There are all sorts of different positions on the spectrum. There are people who are very militant, people who are nature lovers, people who are more intellectual, who come from the economic side or the political philosophy side, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the Browns. And, you know, unfortunately, part of the calculus here is what effect could it have on the liberty movement if the Browns resist. Maybe it'll only be short-term, maybe it will be long-term. We don't know. Um, But how do you feel as a person who approaches approaches folks, they're not freaked out by you if they see these these cards or anything like that. You seem like a very well-spoken, intelligent guy who is espousing a certain philosophy. You're not in people's faces. You probably pick the right times to give it to people or whatever. You joke around. 
uh, you know, nine times out of ten with coworkers, you have serious conversations. What do you think could be a, the effect of something like an armed confrontation up at the Browns compound, as they so call it? Um, that's a tough question. Um, it could go many, many different ways. Yeah. I, when you know when the um, when the Waco events happened, mm-hmm. um, my my brother was actually uh, more of a libertarian than I was at the time, and was very insistent that you know the government had had done something very wrong here. And I was like, no, they were just pr- protecting us. They were just you know trying to arrest these guys, and these guys went nuts. That's what I thought at first too. Yeah. So I kind of swallowed their propaganda. Yeah. And and that's what's not ha- that's what I think is going to be prevented here. I don't think they're going to be able to get out the propaganda. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the, the I think that less and less people are are swallowing the propaganda anymore. They're coming to understand that we've been manipulated by the media all this time. Okay. Well, at least I hope I'm right. It's the impression that I'm getting when I when I'm talking to people. And they do receive these cards very well, and they yeah. and they look at them and they show interest in them, and um, they're interested in you know liberty. And I like to use the uh, the government is force argument, uh, and that That's was taught to me by Free Talk Live. Yeah, and I'm so glad you're part of it. You know, Ian and Mark have have allowed me to come in and participate, and I've gotten to know Julia because of it. And uh, knowing a guy like you out there, Matt. Um, you know, I, I wish you were here right now so we could go hang out and party with other free staters and, and people who love liberty. Keep up the good work. we got to take a break. We'll get to Nick in South Dakota, Mike in Montana, and Jerry in Nebraska, and you coming up soon. 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us. It's Free Talk Live. You take over the air with LG, me, and Julia, her. We'll return at Free Talk Live. Rolling along on Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free line, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm Gardner. And Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark, who are away right now doing some work for Free Talk Live. And thanks to all the ampers out there, they can do this work. Don't forget to go to the Free Talk Live website, sign up for the AMP program, and help out. It's $3 a month, and you get all sorts of special perks. Also, sign up to the BBS, the the bulletin board service over there. Uh, You can find great things at the Free Talk Live website, and we want to get as quickly as we can to the phones. Julia, why, my friends? We have lots of phone calls on the air, so... And very little of that temporal yes. stuff. Okay, uh, let's go now to uh, Nick. Nick in South Dakota. Nick, hey, thanks for calling. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Excellent. I'm calling because uh, last night the guys were talking about a measure in a community right next to you guys that uh, they kept trying to get passed over and over for, what, I think a building of a school. Are you familiar with this? I am, yes. Okay. Um, well, I'm calling because the same thing is happening in my community, and right. I thought I'd tell you <laughs> I thought I'd tell you what they're trying to do. Um, okay. It's just a middle school for 6th to 8th graders, and uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to build this, I think it's $15 million or something crazy, and they want to give the kids all laptops. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you went to college and <laughs> the schools are the are the 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 living embodiment in a way that they're metaphorical uh, equivalent of Leviathan, you know, right. the, the oh, Thomas yeah. Hobbes uh, creation. It's just unbelievable. Uh, they spend so much money on these things and it's all driven by the teachers unions and the administration and if you're at all against it, you're against kids. How can you be against uh-huh. that, you know? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. And the other funny thing is these uh, schools supposedly have been outdated for 20 years. Yeah. I'm just thinking, well, the day that it became outdated Shouldn't you guys start thinking of saving up, maybe, 
You know, because how, how much money could they have in the bank after 20 years? Maybe they could just pay, you know, pay cash for it or something. Yeah, yeah. And, of Rather course, people to... who don't use the school system are forced to pay for it. And they all say, well, we all share the fruits of education. Oh, really? You mean that education, government education system that has been giving us poorer and poorer and poorer results for decades? We're all sharing the fruits of that wonderful entity equally? I'm sorry. I don't buy into that. Yeah, and what are we down to, 39th in the world for education or something? That's yeah. crazy. Pretty shameful for the amount of money we spend. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, amazing. That's, uh, what area in Nebraska, I mean, what area in, uh, in Montana, are, in uh, South Dakota are you, Nick? Um, just in Sioux Falls. It's just in the extreme southeast corner. So, so in Sioux Falls. Not, not in Sioux Falls, a small community just outside of Sioux Falls where I used to live. Well, okay, yeah, name the community for us. Hartford. Hartford, South Dakota. Hartford, South Dakota. So people can look this up because, you know, these these small town stories are rampant and they're replicated everywhere. In my town, it's the same thing. The people on the school board, they're always the same. They've got to get more money. And this is a great example. It's it's I think it's really good on a national show sometimes to take a personal story and allow other people to think about how it equates to something that they've experienced in their towns because it all has oh. to do with freedom, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, they just built a high school in the same community five years ago and were promised all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, they were going to integrate the uh, the library for the community into this high school. And what they ended up doing is building the library in the center of school and telling the community, you guys can't come in during school hours and during other, you know, activities and stuff. So now suddenly they made a promise of a library and you can't even access it half the time. Unbelievable. You know, <laughs> so these, these people are burned out. I have no... I don't feel bad for these officials trying to build a school. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, Nick. We're really short on time. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we got to run, Nick. Thanks a lot. We'll have to tell them the story about New Hampshire and how they're trying to destroy local control soon. Let's go to Mike in Montana. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling Free Talk Live. How are you? Thanks, you guys. Hey, um, just a quick question. I won't get on the school issue, but you guys are talking privatization. Yeah. And it's, it seems like everybody either is on one side of that fence or the other. Mm-hmm. And I have studied this extensively, and some of it is good, some of it isn't. The problem you run into is, and I experience, I, I happen to work for, for a, a city up here in Kalispell, mm-hmm. um, and the problem you run into is, is, is there's a lot of things that you can privatize, but there's also a lot that you're, you're there's just no physical way of doing it. It's been tried, mm-hmm. and what happens is you end up with one person, and I'll give you examples. Uh, sewage treatment plants, water treatment plants. Yeah. Um, governments run those. They can run them cheaper. Um, in Montana, I work for the uh, the solid waste division, mm-hmm. and in Montana, they give you. They only put out. It's like a liquor license. They only put out two licenses because it's regulated under federal government. Yeah, that's a and problem. I guess, you don't have real privatization. Well, exactly, and I don't see how in any possible way you could, because there's no possible way you can build 30 sewer plants or 100 sewer plants in one town owned by different companies. It's not going to happen. Well, If you, in, in Idaho, they did that. They, they privatized a bunch, one water plant, you know, and the government says, oh, we'll privatize it. They turned it, they sold the water to a private corporation. Yeah, first couple of years it was reasonable. Now they're paying two $300 a month for water because there's only one plant and one company that owns it. So now, you're still in a monopoly situation. Is it a government-granted monopoly? Because yeah. No, it's, 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 they sold it outright. The company owns it outright. Right. But, and there's but, nothing you can do. I mean, they bought it. And sewer plants, water plants, solid waste divisions, the, the landfills, you can't just go dump garbage everywhere. You have landfills that have to be regulated and, and under EPA regulations. And so what happens is, like communities, you know, they're not just, I mean... You guys wouldn't like 200 landfills where you live. 
you want one or you want a transfer station that works accordingly, but yet you don't want uh, that to get out of control, and yet you still want decent prices for your garbage pickup. Mike, I, I have to say, I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, but it is a difficult way to try to pick out privatization from it because it's not true privatization. And in some cases, what you've got is you have a situation where you have regulations that force things to be handled in a certain way, and you have a system that's already been set up by government, and you've gotten essentially one company locked into something which has already been arranged for it. So it, it, the entrance into the marketplace is difficult. So it's it's an advantage that's been granted to the private company by the prior existence of the government government programs. Julia? I'd also like to point out that in Florida, where I come from originally... Garbage service is provided only by the government. There is a county garbage service, and people in Florida cannot imagine garbage being picked up any other way. Now, here in Keene, there are several different garbage services. I was shocked. You contract your own garbage services. There are several different choices, or you could take it to the city dump. It's very affordable, and there are actually it's neat to watch them pick up the garbage because they they function in such a different manner than the county, it, yeah. the county government workers did in Florida. Yeah, it's interesting when you have a, I, and you might have a, a different perspective on this, uh, um, Mike. But um, uh, one of the things is when you have uh, barriers set up, prior barriers set up to entrance into the market because the government has already uh, basically arranged an infrastructure that would give one company an advantage. Uh, eventually, over time, there are some entrances. And I'll give you an example. It's not a completely analogous example, but the entrance of Sprint and MCI and things like that into the marketplace after AT&T, which was a government-supported monopoly, was split up. Uh, that is something that you can see these companies come in and they, they are allowed to use some of the systems that AT&T brought on their, themselves and AT&T didn't think that that was fair, that the certain companies should be able to use the lines that they set up and set up their own lines and things like that. But in a way, you have to sort of work that out because AT&T had the advantage, you know, old Ma Bell had the advantage of having no competition when they set those up. So it's it's very difficult. I know we've got to move on, but I would like to. I don't know if you can tune in tomorrow night, but I'd like to participate a little more in this conversation. I don't know if you'll be around, my friend. You think you might? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can call and give you some, you know, different example. I mean... Privatization works in, in in areas, and then there are some areas it's just it's just not possible. I don't believe. I'm um, looking at the facts that I have, and and you know places that have tried it and it failed drastically because of the cost factor. All right. Um, but yeah, I will I will be around. Now. Yeah, I'll give you guys a call again tomorrow night, and we can we can continue this conversation. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. All right, Jerry in Nebraska wants to talk about the weather. You got about thirty seconds, Jerry. Hello. How are you doing? Excellent. Hey. You? Good. Um, today is. Uh, la, right now the temperature is 75 degrees. Okay. The high was 76. Gotcha. No rain. The, the wind was blowing uh, west, southwest, 24 miles an hour. Yeah, in the point. And the low is 47. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Great way to wrap up the show. We'll talk All to you right, soon. we got one phone call left. It's Johnson in Connecticut. He wants to talk about the store. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, Dardo, Julia, great job. Thanks, um, I just wanted to give you some inside scoop information about the, some of the products in the store. So while Ian and uh, Mark are out, um, the uh, multi-gadget, the yeah. much, you know, much talked about multi-gadget. There are a couple things. Julia, there was a feature that you, you know, you were the one who inquired about this, and so I went and I found out that it, it, uh, it supports 
different speed playback, sort of multi-speed oh, playback, because it was also a voice recorder. So if you wanted to listen to something a little bit quicker, maybe you have a, a podcast you haven't caught up in a while and you want to listen to it at a high speed, you can do that. That's really going to um, help me get through my free talk live. Yeah, so I just thought that's a cool feature to let people know about. Also, it's going to be, I know you, you were kind of opposed to the preloading, but uh, I am going to be preloading these uh, for people who want to share Free Talk Live with their family who maybe don't know you know as much about it with uh, a, a customized version of Firefox, the Inventive. Firefox browser, so you can save your plugins and all that stuff. Johnson, we so, got to run, but I like it. All right. uh, it was great to talk to you. I hope you'll call back, Julia. Thank great you. Great job. You're welcome. You got it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 